Welcome to the Battle Plan Marketing Podcast for Contractors. Get actionable advice and tactics on how to grow your home service company. Plus interviews with industry experts dropping value bombs in marketing, sales, and operations. And now, let's power up your home service biz with your host, Mark Ambrose of Battle Plan Marketing. All right. Hello, home service pros. Welcome to the Battle Plan Marketing Podcast, episode number 97. Today, we're going to talk about 11 very common SEO mistakes that businesses make and how to avoid them. Let's dive right in. Number one, not having or optimizing a Google business profile. These are free listings that show up in Google Maps. You can and should have a fully optimized listing. So if you don't already have access to your listing, then search Google Maps for your business name. And if there's already a listing there, which Google gets from other data sources, then claim that listing. There's a link to do just that in the listing itself. If you don't find your business already in the map, search it under several different variations of your name. If you've had previous business names, look for that. Still can't find it, then you can create a new listing at business.google.com. If you do have a listing and you have ownership of it already or management of it, well, then the next step, of course, is to fully optimize it with tons of information and then keep it updated weekly with new photos, reviews, replies to reviews, updating your holiday hours, making sure you have all applicable categories for your services, and more. You can see our free guide on how to optimize your Google business profile found in the learning section of our main menu on our website, battleplanmarketing.com. Okay, number two, common mistake number two, is not having a separate service page on your website for each service you offer. You can't rank in Google for a service that someone's searching for if you don't have a specific page for that exact service. Right. For example, if somebody's searching for, if you're a plumber and someone's searching for a trenchless sewer line repair, you're not going to be ranking anywhere or be seen if you don't have a page that's specifically about that service and that service only. Your home page is not going to rank for specific services outside of your general profession. Right. So your home page can rank for general searches about your professors, such as plumber in whatever city, electrician in whatever city, solar installer in whatever city. That could come to your homepage because that's your main business, that's your profession. But for all your other services, service panel installations, whatever they may be, you have to have a page about that service, right? That's what they're looking for. That's what's coming up. You can go into Google and do a search for every one of your services. Look at the pages that come up. They are specifically about that service, right? So without those specific pages, you're just not going to, you have zero chance of ranking for it and therefore zero chance of attracting any traffic. Those are ready buyers, right? Uh, if I'm searching for water heater repair, I've got a broken water. You're a perfect customer if you're a plumber in my area. But if you don't have a page about that, ain't no way in hell you're going to be seen or get that business, right? All right, mistake number three, not having your accurate name, address, and phone listed in your websites on every single page. The phone number should also be a click-to-call phone number for people on mobile, right? That one should go without saying, 
name, address, phone, contact info on your contact us page or about us page and in the footer really of every page, right? Make it easy for people to contact you, but also that Google sees your name, address, phone, okay? And then mistake number four is related to that is not embedding your Google business profile map on your website's contact us page. You can put it also on the about us page. You can also put it in the footer, but it should be on the contact us page at least, right? So you can literally go into your, you don't even have to be logged in. I'm pretty sure you can go into Google maps, search for your business, click on your business. And then there's a share icon. You click on that. There's a tab that says embed a map. You can choose the size of the map, small, medium, large, copy the code, HTML code, and then put that on your site and poof, you have a map now embedded on your site, your Google listing. So it does a bunch of things. A, it helps users uh, see where you are, see your reviews in Google, right? But it also helps Googlebot and other search engines relate your Google listing to your website and let them know that it's one and the same. You got to remember that the search bots that hit our websites are, it's extremely difficult for them to understand what our websites are about. So you have to give them all the help possible. So yeah, there's great intelligence in the back in corporate Google, but the search bot that hits your site is stupid as hell. So you have to help it in every possible way. And one of those is association, right? So associating your Google business profile with your website by embedding it on there, okay? All right, number five, mistake number five, not creating related supporting content for each service and then linking those related pages together internally. So this is a really big one, right? So even if you have a service page for each one of your services, if you're in competitive area, it's probably still very hard for you to get those pages to rank high in local searches. So to add ranking power to your service pages, you need to create related content articles, blog articles, posts, and then link that content, that blog content, to its related service page, and then vice versa from the service page to the blog content. So a link to it and a link from it. For example, if you're a plumber and you have a water heater repair page, you also then need several blog pages that are about topics related to water heaters. I'm just going to spew out a few. I have no idea if these are how to size a water, why my water heater is making popping sounds, right? So I just made those topics up. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Each of those blog post articles should be thoroughly keyword researched to find out even what you're going to write about right? And then examine the competition, get all the subheadings, get all the frequently asked questions that people also ask questions. And then for that one topic, that one, what the article is going to be about. And then it's written as a separate blog post, right? And then post it on your blog. Then link every page that talks about, in our example, water heaters, all the blog posts that talk about water heaters, to your water heater repair page, and then link, like I just said, from that same service page out to the blog posts, each of the blog posts. Link them together. So if you have 10 supporting blog post articles for your one water heater repair service page, then all 10 of those pages need to link to each other. So 10 links plus link to your service page, 
and then at the bottom or throughout your service page, inconspicuously, hopefully, because you want them to call you for the service. So near the bottom, you should start linking out in body text out to those same 10 articles. Okay. It's also important, by the way, that that, so you're linking, which means you're highlighting some text and then you're linking it to a page on your site, right? So that text that you're highlighting and becomes the clickable link, they call that anchor text. And you want to use a keyword phrase in that anchor text that helps identify the page it's linking to, right? And then you also want to vary that anchor text a little also. So let's go back to our example of 10 blog posts related to water heaters that all link to your water heater repair page, right? So now you want to use 10 different versions of anchor text in those links. So one might be for water heater repairs and linking over to your repair page. Another article might have the same link, but that link says water heater repair in city, city name. And that whole thing is, so it's a little bit different. The next blog article might say how to repair or repair service for your water heater, right? And that's your anchor text. So they're all letting Google know that it's about water heater repair, but they're all phrasing it a little bit differently. And there's been a lot of tests done that you don't want the same exact anchor text is our point on all 10 of those pages. You don't want them all linking to water heater repair service, every single one of them. So vary the text a little bit. And all of that anchor text, by the way, helps the user, right, understand. So if you're linking from one informational article to another, make sure the anchor text is about where they're going, the topic. So the user, it's helping the user understand where they're going. Okay, mistake number six, not using schema markup or also structured data, right? People, the two terms are not exactly interchangeable, but kind of. So schema markup is the general topic, and then structured data is the actual code that's being used to create the schema markup. Okay? A little confusing, whatever. You can use them as interchangeable. It doesn't matter. So I'm going against what I just said a minute ago. But for all our purposes, let's call them the same. So this is code that Google, Bing, Yandex, and others got together and said, hey, we need our robots to better understand web pages. Let's create a language, schema markup, structured data, that is uniform and talks to our robots in the back of the website and the code, right? So this helps Google, Bing, and other search engines better understand who your business is, where it's located, what your service area is. You can define all this in structured data schema markup what products and services you provide, your contact info, what each page on your blog is about, what the FAQs and answers that apply to it are on each of those pages, or even your service pages, FAQs about your services, your products, so on and so forth. Lots and lots of possibilities. Now, there's also lots of free or even cheap WordPress plugins that apply some form of structured data, schema markup to a website. We have tested many of those, not all, but many, and found them all to be pretty limited and therefore not extensive enough to truly be an asset and help as much as possible. Most of them do the bare minimum and don't interconnect the markup, right? So we now only use .schemaapp.com. So app.schema is S-C-H-E-M-A 
app.com. We're not affiliates or marketing partners with them or anything. They just simply have the best, most comprehensive schema markup tool available. It's got uh, the complete, it's the only complete structured data tool that we found that includes every single possible data point of structured data in the schema library. And that search engines themselves create it and use every day, right? So it's the only tool we found that allows you to connect all of these structured data points also. For instance, you can apply, say, service schema, let's say to that same water heater repair page, but then you can also connect that schema to your company schema, your location schema, your service area schema, your FAQ schema, and so on and so forth, right? So almost like your page is linking to each other, that schema is linking, interlinking, location, service area contact page, business, all of the above. So super important that you're talking to the robots, the search bots. So if you're lacking schema markup, you're hurting your SEO potential, your your ranking potential, your traffic potential, your lead generation potential, right? They all go hand in hand. Okay, mistake number seven, not using an SEO plugin like Rank Math, Yoast, or AIO that allows for the input of search-optimized page titles and meta descriptions, right? So if you go to Google and you search whatever, plumber near me, the listings that show up below the map, those 10 organically listed websites, you'll see the blue link, that's the title, right? And then that description below it is the meta description, right? Now, if you're not using one of these, then you're either lacking that data or Google is pulling it off of the page and the page title itself, right? If you're using one of these plugins, you can customize that information, right? So, and they need to be keyword optimized. So these are page titles and descriptions that you see in the search pages. It need to be keyword optimized for the search, right? Plus, and that's the title, then the meta description needs to entice the user to click, right? So both are super important and both need to be optimized regularly, right? Now we've switched to using rank math for this, but we use, the others are just fine. We've used lots of Yoast in the past and even AIO, and they all offer those same two options, titles specific for search results and the meta descriptions, right? So if your site is not using one of those, or if you haven't spent time optimizing them, if you are using them, then set a reminder to do so because the reward can be very beneficial, very big. By the way, while you're at it, you can also use Google Search Console to identify pages that rank on page one for keyword searches, but have a poor click-through rate. So you're ranking well, but you're not getting the clicks. And so poor click-through rates are usually caused by a poor SEO title and or meta description. So go look at those and apply edits where necessary. Go into Google Search Console, see where you're ranking on page one, and especially if you're in the top five listings or so, your position. And if there's poor click-through rates, then go back to those pages on your site and use Rank Math, Yoast, or AIO and change and test different titles, different meta descriptions. Remember to keep the keyword of the service, if it's a service page in there, and your location, right? Your city. 
Okay, mistake number eight, common mistake number eight, not using alt, A-L-T, text for images, which is also against the American Disabilities Act and the WCAG laws. So you can be sued for these things, and companies are sued all the time for it. So alt text is an alternative text that displays a text description of the image uh, to people who are visually impaired, and they use special screen readers. So they're not looking at images. So in place of that is this alternative text that their screen reader can read. It's also a place you can add some applicable version of your keyword for SEO. Now, don't stuff keywords in here. Try to describe the image and then also use a keyword, phrase, or word that's related to the page, of course, right? So back to our water heater example, maybe you have an image of your team or team member installing a water heater, right? So you could use alt text for that image that says something like water heater repair being performed by your company in your city or whatever city it was, right? So use it to your advantage, but also provide the text for visually impaired people, which is, um, I'm going off the top of my head, but from the accessibility content that we've created, I believe close to 10% of America is visually impaired and use screen readers. So that's a big chunk of prospects and customers you are ignoring if, A, you're not making your website accessible to people with disabilities, and B, you're missing out on the opportunities within that, such as this alt text, to gain a little bit of SEO, another little SEO nugget for Google to help you rank better. Okay, mistake number nine, common mistake number nine, not creating good, helpful, and uh, useful supporting blog content. Right. So don't make pages and posts for the sake of quantity of content. Instead, quality of content is most important. Right. Just like your business. Right. Google's job is to show the most relevant, useful and helpful content in the results to people who are searching. If they weren't good at that, we'd be using Yahoo or Bing or something else. Right. But 90 plus percent of people use Google. Why is that? Because they're the best so far at filtering through and providing the most helpful, useful content in the search result, in the map, and in those 10 organic website listings, right? So you need your supporting articles to rank well, first and foremost, to be good enough that other websites will like it and also want to link to it. So after great content and topical content groupings, clusters, silos, whatever you want to call them, then attracting links from other websites to your, or other quality websites, I should say, to yours is the most important ranking factor in Google. So great content, most important factor number one, links from other sites to that content, most important ranking factor number two. So not to mention that website visitors will judge you and your company by the quality of the content that you create and post on your site, right? It is a representation of your company and the only representation most people are going to see when they grab their phone, they search for your service near them, right? So if you create helpful, useful, quality content that's easy to scan and read and that answers questions, solves problems, informs, maybe even educates and entertains 
then users will get to know, like, and trust your company. On the flip side of that, if you or your writers create average or below average content, then it will turn off visitors and they'll associate the poor quality, poor attention to detail and quality with the service work that you do also. So if this is the crap you put up on your site, I can only imagine the crap work you do when you come to my house. Now, you might not think that's fair that you're not a web designer or a writer, but it doesn't matter. The person is in your local area, they're searching for a service near them, up comes your site, maybe if you're lucky. And if that page is not good and expresses quality to them, then that's how they're going to judge your company, of course, right? So, and conversely, if your writers create great content, then that's how they'll judge you as well, right? So poor quality content likely won't rank either. It's not going to attract any links or at least any good. And it's not going to help your service page rank better either. So don't waste your time or money on crappy content. Look at it as the same as you would a service call. Go all in, do the best work possible, and create something that you'd be proud of representing your company, because that's exactly what it's doing. Okay, mistake number 10, keyword stuffing, right? In the old days, you could just stuff keywords all over your page, all over your site, and get them to rank in Google search. Today, that practice will probably get you penalized by Google in what they call a manual action penalty, which can be pretty difficult to recover from and which would make you disappear 100% from all Google searches. You would not exist to anybody searching, right? Now, it also, of course, just creates poor content, right? Keyword stuffing is hard to read. It looks bad. It's a bad user experience. And we're right back to crappy content as an expression of the quality of work that your company does. Right? We've all landed on pages like that, right? And it's very obvious very quickly that the page content is bad. And it's only intended to rank for Google. And it doesn't serve the user, the visitor at all and poof, they're out of there. So once again, think of website content the same way you would the quality of your service jobs. Quality content shows you're a quality company and keyword stuffing, crazy bad content will show you're a crappy ass company no one wants to do business with, right? And that's a great reason to get rid of any SEO or content marketing company you may have. Also, if they're putting up content that you're not proud to display, they are in no way helping you get rid of them. All right. Lastly, mistake number 11, common mistake number 11, not using Google Search Console and Google Analytics, right? Installing Google Search Console gets your site, first and foremost, indexed by Google. So they'll crawl your site and they'll index all the pages on it and have them available to four searches that are related, right? So you have a chance to show up in the search results pages. Con search Console will also show you what errors or warnings Google sees on your site so you can correct them. You can also see how your site is performing in search, what pages are ranking and where, and for what search terms, right? This data, as we said earlier, can help you improve the site, its pages, click-through rate, so on and so forth. Google Analytics, on the other hand, does many things also. And among them is where your site traffic is coming from, how long they stay there, do they leave right away, do they go to more pages on your site, what's the average time they're on the, your site, which pages are converting leads or visitors into leads the best, and more. Right? Both tools are free. 
right? <laughs> and they're incredibly useful to help your site perform uh, better in searches. So, so get on both of those, especially Google Search Console, so you can get indexed and even have the chance to, to rank. Okay, lastly, we have a bonus mistake because a lot of companies go out and do that. So as we said, content is king and then links to that content, attracting links from quality websites is uh, numero dos, right? Number two. So buying links is another very common SEO mistake. And this comes from the old days where you could just put up crappy content and buy some crappy links. And that was enough. That worked. That got you to Google. That made a lot of people a lot of money for a long time. But that has stopped working for the most part. You do not want to play with this fire unless you, again, are willing to risk manual penalty and disappearing from Google potentially for a long time or even for. So links, again, very important, but you need informative, helpful and useful content on your site if you want to attract and motivate other quality websites to link to yours and recommend that their visitors check out your info. Right, Just like some of your content should be linking out to external websites so the user can learn more. So non-commercial educational sites or government sites or videos that help the user understand whatever the topic is a little bit more, or if they want to explore it a little bit deeper. And you should have a couple of external links on every blog post. So lots of people bypass this quality content route and they just go buy a ton of links from a bunch of link building sites, which is almost always a big mistake. And number one reason is it's, it's against Google's webmaster guidelines, right? And you could earn you that same manual action penalty that was just appeared, just talking about, and poof, you're gone from the search results. Number two reason is those links are not going to bring you any quality or qualified traffic, right? Ultimately, you want local prospects to visit your site, get digest your Great content, your helpful content. We use the word great all the time. What does that mean? It means it's helpful, it's useful, it's educational. It's what they're looking for. They're looking to learn, right? So meet them where they are. So you want prospects to visit your site, get to know, like, and trust your company based on your content, and then convert and contact you and become a lead. That's what it's all about, right? So crappy content isn't going to do that, nor are links from other crappy websites or links from even good websites that aren't related or local, or they're not going to bring you quality traffic. So in summary, there are no shortcuts to a great website or to attracting quality links and providing a great user experience that shows that your company is one they can trust to help them in their time of need or desire, right? Take no shortcuts, go all in. Your site is a representation of your company. So have the quality of both match up, right? All right. I hope that helped some of you. We appreciate you sharing your time with us today. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. If you're on YouTube, hit the like button to help the algorithm like us. Subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when we put one up the next time. Feel free to share this episode on your social channels. Good luck out there and create a great day. Thanks for listening to the Battle Plan Marketing Podcast. To power up your home service business, for show notes, visit battleplanmarketing slash podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please share it on social. Until next time.